Forty chat with poops and two Games at home and away Story stats and history About football in Australia Let's do it Alright, welcome to the Kick to Kick podcast We are backwards and coming forwards uh, It's Tim and Charlie here I'm down in Melbourne Charlie, we've sent you up as a representative up in Queensland To check out the Brisbane Lions side of things How are you going up there? Mate, well, you know, I, I, well, I've, I've mucked it up, but I kind of overshot Brisbane. I'm in Cairns, oh. so, <laughs> but um, the, I tell you what, the vibe, the vibe is strong up here. Everyone's yeah. excited, Bronc, Broncos and Brisbane in the grand final. Everyone's very pumped up. Absolutely, I can imagine Queensland will be going off. Especially, I mean, imagine if they win both. Oh, there's a few, there's a few people in Cairns who've been like they're they're loving it and uh. That's an exciting time. It was a. It's good to say. It's good to have you know for Brizzy to find to get there after the last few years of so many near misses and a bit of disappointment. Yep. You know they're looking very strong, but I'm sure we'll talk more about that very shortly. We will. All right. Well, let's get stuck into it. Before I do, before we get to those games, we've now had eight million people attend games this season, which is a ridiculous number. First time that's ever been reached. That is that is huge, yeah. And still a game to go. Mm. Um, not that they're going to get another million, but it'll it'll be a nice big number. Um, and the other thing is, so John Caston he played twenty seven games for North Melbourne in nineteen seventy seven season. We had a, mm-hmm. we had five five players who were in the mix to achieve that this year, but Carlton and GWS both lost, so that record is safe for another season. Okay. So let's get into those games, Charlie. Let's talk about it. So let's start with Friday night, Collingwood GWS. Yeah. What an absolute barnstormer. I've been saying, I've been talking to people up here. As a neutral supporter, I think I was almost as stressed as if that was Melbourne playing in that game. It yeah. was so intense and such high quality football. So I, I agree um, to the point where I actually couldn't watch it. I was so anxious about it because I think I, I, I don't know I'm trying to psychoanalyze myself here because I just I can't handle watching the, the Collingwood ridiculousness yeah. I hate I hate seeing them win I'm not sure if it's because they've been so success, successful while Essendon has been so unsuccessful maybe that's something to do with it mm. and knowing that if they win this coming Saturday then they'll equal Essendon and Carlton with 16 premierships each yep yep yeah that so can't maybe, be a nice feeling <laughs> no, because I guess in that twenty years of our mediocreness, we've always had that over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, I lose, got that if I lose, if I lose that, what have I got? <laughs> it's an ordinary team. Look, it's, it is really interesting. I think it's also, and it's the same reason. It's the same with Carlton, and maybe different people have different experiences. But all of my, most of my friends. Not all, because there are a few okay ones, but most of my friends who go for either Collingwood or Carlton are so obnoxious. And I think mm. all supporters are obnoxious to other people, right? Yeah. But especially, it just feels like especially those two, you just don't want them to have success because you don't want to give the, those people the oxygen to be arrogant about their team. Yeah. And it's going- because I think Collingwood is such a good team to watch. I and I love the way they play footy. It's 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 just uh it's incredible. Yeah. So I, I get no enjoyment from watching them play well because I don't like that. <laughs> um, no, it's hard. 
very it's hard to it's hard to want anyone to achieve success after watching Melbourne go out the way we did. But you know that's yeah. just that's just bitterness, and I'm trying to move past it. And then um and then you got the umpiring from Friday as well, which was quite contentious. I obviously I didn't see any of it, but from what I've read, it was quite interesting. Twelve, I think, twelve free kicks each for the whole game. The team's got. Yeah. It's I, I we were talking about this where we over text during the game and I've said it a couple of times. There's got to be some sort of I don't know. I don't know how they market correct this, but it feels like and I totally understand I'm not not it's not a you know a judgment thing, but umpires just don't want to make big calls, especially in in the last five minutes of a fight, a final. Yeah. And in a close like that when any decision you make is going to make a big a big difference it just feels like they're they're worried about making the wrong call and so they're choosing not to make calls at all and that in in itself is a wrong call so it's really it's it's hard but if you could have someone in like we've talked about this before like the NBA someone in in the you know command center somewhere who's making all the calls and pulling all the strings then you're taking the uh, you're taking the contention out of the guys on the field, you know, yeah. and sort of trying to alleviate alleviate that sort of bias. And there, there's got to be bias in there, whether it goes against the home team because they're so they're so worried about being biased, or for the home team because of their their um, volume and the fact that there's 90,000 of them screaming at you constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, I should say, Charlie, while we're having this discussion, the Brownlow has just started and Petrarca's just got yeah. th- three votes in the first game. Who? Sorry? Petrarca has just got three votes in his first game. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until we get umpire bot, like drones that hover above and can analyse all angles and they can go they're good they can identify the history of that call through their database there's no way it's always going to be human error and human judgment <laughs> and look and i mean you've got to you've got to you've got to embrace that up to a certain point i think we're just you know we're just getting beyond bad calls and yeah. also i think there's just i think the main problem is i don't think there's enough visibility or um, yeah, visibility of what the what the rule change actually is, you know, like people in the st- in the stands often, and I and it frustrates me all the time. These fifty meter penalties where, for people encroaching on the on the space and stuff. Yeah, you're just like that. That just seems, re- and then other stuff just they get away with. If there was a bit more transparency of like. Every year, you know, this is what we're now looking for, and this is what it is, because they're giving that to the players. Surely, they're giving yeah. that to the club. Yeah, you think you so? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So Friday night was Collingwood's one hundredth game at the M- sorry one hundredth Friday night game at the MCG. It was Ever. the Giant- Giants first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, of course, for a long time we didn't have Friday night games. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, we've got Scott Pendlebury playing in his fourth AFL final, decided by under two points. His record is now two <laughs> wins, two wins, a draw, and a loss. Wow. Um, actually, some fun facts about the record. So, 
the one point margin is the ninth game this season that's been decided by a, a one point, which is now yeah. a record. the The record was eight in a season before that, which was from twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one. Actually, here's some fun facts from gigs about one-point finals. Between 1953 and 1975, there were two. Both games were St Kilda beating Collingwood. From from 1982 to 2005, there were four one-point finals. All of those were lost by Essendon. (laughs) Um, In 2006, there were two. Both were Sydney versus West Coast. Oh, yeah. From 2007 to 2019, there were none. And since 2020, we've had five. Wow. Yeah, so you can break it up nicely like that. That's that's um that's amazing. That yeah. you know, it just just shows that clubs are getting a lot closer together, aren't they? Yeah, I think that well, one point's the most common margin, I think, across the AFL. Is it? It is. I'm pretty sure it's either one or two points. Um wow. We've also got we've got a little omen watch here. In all years where Collingwood have scored eight goals, ten and one, Fitzroy have won the flag. The Lions have won the flag. That was nineteen hundred and four. That happened. Okay, I love it. <laughs> In all that this has happened, I yeah. love a good omen. Yep. Yeah. Um, and right. finally, the the similarities between Craig McCa- Craig McRae last year and Adam Kingsley this year bode well for the Giants. They certainly do, don't they? Yeah, considering he took took Collingwood from seventeenth to just missing the grand final by a point, um, they Kingsley's done the same with the Giants, missing the grand final by a point from sixteenth to prelim. So we can lock them in next year for a grand final, I think. Oh, and I think that, that what bodes so well for them, and this has been obviously been Brisbane's issue for a long time, is is the way they play at the G. Like GWS, the way they've played away from home this year, yeah. and that that game in—I mean, I can't imagine being there. We had, we were talking to guys, blokes who were there, and they, they were just saying the crowd was—I mean, you can you know what a you know what a Collingwood crowd is like, but when you don't have another Melbourne team to sort of at least somewhat, yeah, you know, bring the bring the level down, and it's a prelim final, like it must have just been so. Over, overawing like it would, yeah, and that and they played through that. It bodes very well for them to continuing to do well. Yeah, Jesse Hogan, geez, what a what a turnaround from him. I know, I know. I was um, I was secretly hoping that he was going to kick a bag, and and at least then someone who had, used to have something to do with Melbourne would get would kick Collingwood out of the finals. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, <laughs> uh, and then. No, yeah, so Collingwood through to the grand final, and then that brought us to Saturday Twilight. Which was such a weird time. Yeah, but it's so Carlton. If Carlton won, they had time to get back to Melbourne. Of course. Of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, geez, it looked like they were going to be putting blue streamers on that plane after quarter time. All right, I was ready to call off grand final day. I don't know if I could handle Carlton Collingwood grand final. It would be the worst possible situation there's no, there's no winners in that. Everyone loses. For you, for the AFL, it's all winners. Oh, the AFL would have been absolutely frothing at the mouth. <laughs> uh, Melbourne, Melbourne would have gone into lockdown again, I tell you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, by choice. Mm. The um, last um, last side to win a final after being five goals down was actually last year. The Dockers came back and beat the Doggies in the elimination final 
They were 40 points, 41 points down with 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes into the second quarter, came back and won. So, yeah. There you go. Can happen. There you go. Now, it was a huge, huge comeback. And it, I mean, Carlton just looks so good. But again, as you were just saying about GWS, it does, um, it bodes well for, for Carlton in the, in the years to come because they, uh, they had a, a few serious dips this season and, and managed to, um, Right, the like a prelim, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, unfortunately, we didn't hear any country roads. Charlie Cameron was very quiet. It was also, <laughs> it's also Michael Voss's first loss in a final at the Gabba. <laughs> As a player and a coach, he'd never lost there, but now he has. Yeah. Um, we've got Charlie Kerno kicking his kicking a goal in his forty sixth game straight, so he's on a good roll now. Um, and also he. Kicked a goal every single game he played this season, which is 26, 26 games he played. Nice. So first first and only player so far to ever do that because we've never had a season this long. That long. long. But no one has kicked goals in every everyone. So nineteen seventy seven yeah. when they played the draw re, the after the drawn grand final, there was no John Casson didn't kick a goal in every game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and these these are the last these are the last five games for the Lions. Um, round 23, they beat Collingwood, coached by ex-Lion Craig McRae. Round 24, they beat the Saints, ex-coach Ross Lyon, who played for the Lions and Brisbane. And they beat Ken Hinckley of Port Adelaide in the qualifying final. Ken Hinckley played 11 games for the Lions. He just beat Michael Voss, who was a Lions legend. And now they're playing Craig McRae in ex-Lion again. So lots of uh, symmetry there. Yeah, yeah. They know how to get it done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was uh Saturday evening, meaning it's gonna be a Brisbane Collingwood grand final. That'll now, be, that it'll be an absolute barnstormer again. So what are we what are we eight no, more than that. Eighteen years since the last time we saw these two twenty. Twenty years since we last saw these yep. two teams yep. in the grand final. Yep. And never have two teams played Against each other 20 years apart in the grand final. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. I looked it up. Um, something else I found out today is a bit of a curse. So the winners of grand finals between 1995 and 2004 haven't won a flag since. So Carlton, North, Adelaide, Essendon, Brisbane, and Port, all won flags in that era, have not won a flag yep. since. So Brisbane have a chance yep. to actually break that. I don't know what we call that curse, but Brisbane have a chance to actually overcome that. So who out of those teams who's actually had a chance? Just Adelaide, Adelaide, and Port, and well, Port in two thousand. Port in two thousand seven when they got smashed by the Cats. That's right. Ad- yeah, yeah. But Adelaide's the only one who have actually made a grand final in that time. Oh, and, and Port. Sorry, it was, it was yeah, two thousand seven. Um, yeah, so not many. So a bit of a curse there. Um, grand final will be Dean Zorko's two hundred fiftieth game and Darcy Moore's one hundred fiftieth. It'll be Scott Pendlebury's 383rd overall game, which sees him draw level with Robert Harvey, in, who is sixth spot of all time. So chasing only after this, he's only chasing down the 400 club. Yeah, wow. Geez, that's quite a that's a that's a bit of a gap between, you know, and at least another almost full season between between him and and those guys. Yeah, it's funny that they're in between. Yeah, so. He he can reach 400 next year if he plays on. Yeah, you'd assume he will. 
Yeah, still I looks don't like any reason he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, now the Lions and Collingwood have quite a history as well. We know they were rivals going back to the early days of the VFL. Well, yeah, that's what we've got to go back. The original, the real original rivals of the of the entire league, Fitzroy Collingwood. Yeah, the sewage used to roll down from from Fitzroy into Collingwood. That was part of the rivalry, <laughs> I think. Um, so they played. If if we take Brisbane Lions as a continuation of Fitzroy, they then played in six grand finals against each other. And what's what's the uh, what's the uh, over over under there, Timmy? Uh, Collingwood two lines four. Um, I'll, I'll take you through some of the highlights. So we've got the nineteen hundred and three grand final, which Collingwood won by two points, only because the Fitzroy captain Gerald Brosnan he had a shot at goal with like ten seconds to go, and he just clipped the post on the way through, giving giving oh. the Pies the win. But then they got revenge two years later with a thirteen point win. 1917, Collingwood beat the Lions again. Then 1922, um, the Lions upset Collingwood. That would be the team we often refer to as the man's team. Yes, love that team. team. And then obviously 2002, 2003, we've got the more recent history between Brisbane Lions and Collingwood. Yeah. And Brisbane actually have won the last six games against Collingwood. Yeah, which I just... Oh, I, I can't. That's that's quite incredible. It's the second biggest head-to-head winning streak by an opponent facing off in a grand final since the Hawks and Geelong in 1989, when the Hawks won eight in a row against the Cats. Hey, okay. Um, sides. So there's two teams that beat both Collingwood and Brisbane this year. One is Melbourne. <laughs> the other is Hawthorne. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought the Hawks were one. There you go. Yeah. Um, Chris Fagan will be the second person to coach a VFL-AFL grand final without having played an AFL-VFL game themselves. Um, the only other player is Jack Worrell, who coached Carlton and Essen flags. But I think that's a bit unfair because Jack Worrell played in the VFA. So he, he didn't have a chance to play in the VFL, but I suppose that's how yes, he gets yeah, that stat. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. And he, his, his career was long over by the time the VFL started. Mm. And we've got Craig McRae um, becoming another Hall, another Collingwood coach to coach a final. The 10th Collingwood coach. Only There's only seven who haven't coached a Collingwood to a grand final. Um, more recently, Murray Wiedemann, Mick Irwin, John Cahill and Tony Shaw. Um, now, just ch- checking out the Brownlow now, I think we're up to round four. We've got Dacos and, J- and Jordan Dawson leading on 7-H. So slowly going through that there. Um, now, Nick Dacos, it's, it's probably a bad omen if he wins. Okay, t- talk to me why. The last three Collingwood players who have won a grand final, one of Brownlow, have also played In the, the year- bra- grand final. Have played a grand final that year and they've all lost. So we've got Len Thompson in se- no Peter Moore in seventy nine, um, and then the next one was Dane no um, Nathan Buckley in 03. and then Dane Swan Dane in twenty eleven. Sorry, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So that they're they're bad omens. So if Dacos wins it, there's your omen for a Brisbane win. Look, he's he's odds on favourite, isn't he? But very hard to win when you didn't play the last five, six rounds of the of the year. 
Yeah, five. You'd imagine. Five. Yeah. It'd be um, you'd you'd assume he'll be in the lead. I mean, I I think you know trying to predict who's going to win the Brownlow is an absolute mugs game because you you're uh, you're trying to guess what, what three guys on the field are thinking. Like it's it's completely it's complete conjecture. So yeah, it's not it's not really based on stats at all. So um, yeah, craziness. But and um, there's, there's lots of different um different pundits around and different newspapers and media outlets and radio stations who have got different players winning their awards. So I don't know, read into that what you will. I don't know what we can. Yeah. Yeah. We will see. We will see. Do we think it's going to be another huge uh, score scoring winner or do we think it's going to come down again after the last couple of big years? Well, we have an extra, we have an extra round, so that'll bump scores up a bit. That's true. Uh, I'd say probably high 20s. Edging yep. thirty. Oh, all right. Okay. Tracks, tracks winning now is on eight. Keep um, on going. I think my my uh he's he's got a better chance uh this year than he has in previous years because Oliver was out for for quite a bit of the season, so he doesn't have someone else taking potential votes away from him. Although Jack Viney and Maxi Gorn did have great seasons too, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be sure will be interesting. Um, yeah, and and most of the favourites, I suppose, apart from Zach Butters, like if they were to win it, their teams haven't won Brownlow's in quite a while. Mm, yeah. So if it's Bontempelli or Dacos or um, Petrarca, yeah, they'd be, they'd yeah, be nice. If if Lockie Neal comes out and steals it, he, he, that won't be a long wait either. <laughs> no, no. Well, he won it twenty twenty. Yeah. Now, Charlie, something. Oh, and my prediction: I'd like a draw. We haven't seen a draw since '96. I'd like a draw between um, two of the players, at least two. Wasn't wasn't O three a draw? It was. Yeah, O three was a draw. Goodsy Bucks and Rashudo. Rashudo, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can have a draw, that'd be great. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah. Um, Charlie, should we? And by we, I mean the AFL. Should the AFL ha- award a second and third place in the Brownlow? So I know a lot we, of clubs. A lot of clubs do this. They have it. They have their best and fairest. Usually, a lot of clubs are up to like num- number five have it have it named after somebody in the club. Yeah, I, I think it's crazy not to. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? It's another opportunity to uh, pay respect to someone in the football fraternity. So it's just an, another good opportunity to to be able to give someone kudos for everything they've given to the game. Mm. Would you choose more, administ- more administrators like Charles Brownlow? That's an interesting question. Are there many administrators around anymore that haven't also been players? Like this is the, this is the tricky thing. Mm. I don't. I don't think administrators, apart from the top guys at clubs, have as much of a uh, public face as they maybe used to with Chaz Brownlow and like Kenneth Luke and all those guys. Yeah. And they're not. They're not quite as um, forward facing as they used to be. Mm. Obviously, Brownlow want- played BFA, so he did. He wasn't like he was just an administrator. He did have a big. Yeah. Effect on yeah, the field yeah, for yeah. cats as well, but going back to the VFA. 
so maybe it's um yeah i i don't know how, i don't know who it will be or how you could do it maybe it could be a bit tongue in cheek and like who who's come second in the brown though the most amount of times and named second mm. after them <laughs> interesting definitely or could. you know look at things like you know who's who has received the most Brownlow votes over the entire history of their of the game and and you know thinking of, of things like that like it was yeah. consistent there yeah like like we were saying last week with the Gary Ayres medal it probably needs to be someone if they're going to do it you'd want someone who wasn't just modern yes 100% like, the name that, the name that comes to me is Alan Aylett. yep like yep. he's the administration but also a great player as well yeah. Yeah, guys. Well, like we were talking about in our conversation last week about renaming the Premiership Cup, the Barassi Cup, guys who have made a huge contribution to the game and the way it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you think of, you know, the club, most club best and fairest and the, and the things they've named after. It's people who've who have mattered to the club, not necessarily just great players, uh, not great players, but great men, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Probably a similar, similar thing would be good on the on the in on the whole AFL spectrum. And I like, I think it's, I think the demons. No, the demons is not a trophy, is it? The blue trusket. It's a medal. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Maybe the uh, demons have like a, they have something else for their second place. Yes, we do. Yeah, like a bowl or something or a trophy. It's an excellent question. I don't mm. know exactly what. Yeah, that would be the other thing I'd do if I was in charge of the Brownlow. I'd, I'd change I'd two and three out of ward, but I wouldn't make it a medal. I'd make it like a ceremonial dish or something else. Yeah, so the, yeah. the medal still stands out. Yeah, yeah, something something a bit different. Yeah, I like that. I like it a lot. Well, we've got you know, there's other things in that are, that are now part of Brownlow Night, like the Jim Steins um, oh, yeah. award and all that sort of stuff. So adding. Adding more to what is, and they do they do do it well. But what is a long and can be boring night if you know if if it's an early, you know it's getting away to an early win, would add some some more intrigue to the evening. Yeah, surely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that, Timmy. I All think right. you know, I think someone needs to get you in there, offer you a job in there. Yeah, all my crazy ideas. Yeah, yeah. Just in you know, like the the ideas. Area where you can just walk in to well Andrew Dillon's office and be like, "Here's my thought," and he can just go, "No, that's not going to work." Or, "Yeah, let's let's have a crack at it." What do you, What do you mean thirteenth gets to playoff in a final? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so just before we finish off, we want to give main, a, <laughs> we wanted to give a shout out to a friend of ours, Sean Manor, who plays for the Werribee Tigers. Um, we yes. worked. We worked with Sean for quite a while. He was named best on ground yesterday in the VFL Grand Final. Um, he came fifth, top five in the Liston Trophy, VFL Team of the Year player. Um, had an unbelievable game yesterday. So shout out to him. Um, amazing yeah. stuff. Six, six goals in the in the losing side, winning the best on ground. In, uh, yeah, in a losing Grand Final is a huge effort. Good on him. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember he played for the Tigers in 2017 when they lost the grand final to the yes. VFL, and he was gutted. I remember. I remember talking to him after that. So I'm not surprised that he like he's just burning he for another shot, burning for a long time. Yeah, yeah. 
So hopefully, hopefully one of the AFL teams can have a look look at him and maybe bring him on board because he'd be a good get for any team. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, but yeah, great man. I'm glad. I'm so glad he he did he did that. It was awesome to hear. Yeah. Um. Now, Charlie, before we finish, tips for the weekend. Oh, okay. My tip is. Um, my tip is I'm not going to enjoy it. No, <laughs> no, it's 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 hard to it's hard to pick. I think um, I've been trying to think about how those two teams match up against each other because obviously Brisbane have an incredibly strong forward line, but can can Collingwood's defence shut them down? Can you know can Darcy Moore, who's just having an absolute blinder? Close off Joe Danner. Can can that you know? Will that change the game? Because if the if Brizzy can't get the score on the board, I don't know whether their defence is strong enough to stop Collingwood from scoring quite highly. Too, I think. I think it's um. I feel like it's going to be a bit of a shootout. Mm, okay, is my is that'd my be, thought. That'll be a fun one to watch at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. That's that's a that's very much my uneducated opinion. I just think I, I reckon if if Collingwood, uh, sorry, if Brisbane can connect forward and put a big score up, I think they can. I think they can win. Yeah, yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough it, it, that, against that crowd. And I still I just still think like mentally like. Having everyone tell them that, geez, aren't you worried about playing at the MCG? You don't play the MCG well. Must yeah. even if you, even if you're trying not to think about, it, even if you're like that's rubbish, it just must stick in the back of your head a little bit. So, yeah. do what Carl, if they can do what Carlton did against them on the weekend and kick a few early just to take the edge off that Collingwood crowd. Yep, yep. it'll make a huge difference. Yeah, it'll make There'll a huge a difference. They'll, yeah, they'll be, they'll be not not like the Giants. They'll have more support because of well, and we we know that the grand finals are different beast entirely. It's a lot more corporates, a lot yeah. more neutrals. So it'll uh, it won't have it won't won't be the same as the prelim. Um, and I mean, he, anecdotally, history tells us that often the prelims are the far better games than the grand oh, finals. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Generally, yeah. if you have if you have close, we've had a really close final series. And traditionally, that means the grand final will be a blowout. Yeah, yeah. Hope it's not. But um, I would enjoy we'll... it a lot more if Brisbane did smash them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I uh, no, neither do I. Neither do I. I don't think this Collingwood team gets smashed. No. Well, the only team that has Gen- done it really this year has been Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um. So we we will see. It's going to be very interesting. Um. Simi, what what do you think you could could bring yourself to heading into the game? I'm not. I'm not going to go to the game. I'm going to go to the no. ground beforehand and enjoy the festivities. Um, yeah. My tip. A lot of my tipping. I, a lot of my predicting. I do based on history, which is stupid because it's never right. And I feel like every, like most of these <laughs> final series, I've been like, well, Collingwood played Melbourne. Melbourne have beaten Collingwood in every final they've played since 1937 except for mm-hmm. one. So history tells us Melbourne should win and then Collingwood win. Mm-hmm. 
And then history told us last week that Collingwood can't beat New South Wales best teams in prelims and then Collingwood win. So history says Brisbane should win because they have the record. So therefore I'm tipping Collingwood. Okay. Wow. I think it'll be Collingwood by under a goal. My God, it'll be huge. It'll be huge. We're a bit of retribution for 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of all my Collingwood friends who are nice people and would love to see them win. I'm just trying to channel yeah, yeah. that positive thoughts and well, and help. and those will be the those will be the only ones you'll see for at least six months, surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a it's um. Look, we said we said the AFL would 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 have loved it to be a Collingwood Carlton Grand Final, but this one's going to be an absolute ripper too. Brisbane now, oh, yeah. I mean, the two, two best teams. strong, really strong following in Melbourne. It's good to see a, a Queensland team in there looking really good. And, uh, yeah, and it, it is – we should be – should always be celebrating, you know, non-Victorian teams doing well because it just brings more viewers to the game, right? Yeah, so yeah absolutely. More supporters and, and, and a bigger audience. So that's what we want to see. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, um, we won't be back next week. We're going to take a, a week off, let the dust settle on whatever happens in the grand final, and we'll come back the week after and do a bit of a review of the season, breakdown of the grand final, yep. Before, yep. We re- before we revert back to our original format. Yeah, yeah, Go, going back into where where did we leave off, Timmy? It's been such a long time. What are we up to? <laughs> then just won the flags. So we're up to 1986. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Yeah. All right. We're about to be. We're about to join my living memory. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic! I can't wait. I can't wait. No, that'll be good. So, eighty-six. We can still. We can still talk about some heydays. Still got a couple of uh, Melbourne Grand Finals to talk about, although not so not so successful ones. And you have some fun. You have some fun times coming up that you can really embrace. I don't think we'll get to two thousand within the next six months, but we can aim. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see how we go. Well, um, well, any uh, Collingwood and Brisbane supporters out there, good luck to you. I know I'm, I'm devastated. I don't have that same feeling I did in 2021. Right now, it's a, uh, it's a nice, it's a nice time just to revel in it. Get all yeah. the, uh, all the, with all the articles, all the extra little bits and pieces. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna really. I'll have to. I might turn off the if if it's not a good game. I might turn it off early. And watch the 2021 Grand Final again. <laughs> nice. Oh, the other thing I was gonna add, Charlie, before we finish off is I have been working on editing a version of that is the season that was 2023, which I'll be uploading to YouTube this week before the Grand Final, so those traditionalists can watch it. Yes, yes fantastic. Forgot, almost forgot to mention it. Oh. <laughs> And Timmy, the other thing we we've totally forgot to mention in this is that uh, we do have a new Richmond head coach. Oh yeah, Adam Uze. Adam Uze. So Mel- Melbourne Melbourne player and Melbourne's midfield coach for the last few years has got the big got the big gig and good on him. Ooze. Very exciting. Hard. Um, must have been a hard call and very uh very disappointing. Um, for uh, McWalter, right? But uh, uh, I think they need know. a new voice. Yeah. Um, no, I know. I think uh, we'll. I know we'll be disappointed to lose him, but um, what he's done to that Melbourne midfield speaks volumes. So, Absolutely. yeah. 
Uh, and uh, yeah. so song song of the day is that one day in September by uh, Mike Brady. I thought it'd be a nice one to send us out for the grand final. Well, surely it's the one you, one you got to play, and maybe we maybe we get a, like a kiss version in there at some stage as well. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, until uh, until after the grand final, Peru. Thanks for listening to the Kick to Kick podcast present Backward in Coming Forward. You can find all our old episodes wherever you get your good podcasts. If you want to get in contact with us, our email address is kicktokickpodcast at gmail.com. On social media, we have Twitter at kicktokickpod or on Facebook. Or you can find us on Instagram at backwards and coming forward. For a full list of our resources and things we use to inform our show, head to kicktokickpodcast.com. You'll also find some interesting things in all our old episodes. Once again, thank you for listening.